0: future we're talking real money
1: hey everybody don mcdonald here i'm in copenhagen that's in denmark that's in europe Uh, looking out my window on the 10th floor of the copenhagen marriott looking out over the city gorgeous city and uh i'm here to answer your questions like i do every friday here on talking real money at 855-935-TALK, or by you sending your questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com. Now, I apologize if it sounds a little bit um, echoey. It is a hotel room, and it's not a treated studio, so probably doesn't sound as good, although I'll do some post-production, see if I can reduce the reverb a little bit. So, you send us a lot of questions. And we really appreciate it. And the best ones really come in through TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. Because for the most part, they sound pretty darn good. Particularly if you're one of those who has a computer microphone of some decent quality. And they're not very expensive. So uh, we uh, we take those here on the Friday show as long as we have them. And we have a bunch that were uh, called in, spoken in. And here is our very first one.
2: Hi, Tom and Don. I want your opinion on Fidelity's balanced fund, symbol F-B-A-L-X. I run a CPA practice out of my house and make a good living. I'm 59 years old and have no plans to retire. I'll probably work in some capacity for the rest of my life or for as long as I'm able. I have $1.5 million spread across several IRA trusts and regular brokerage accounts. Much of it is in the Fidelity balanced fund as it's a 60-40 allocation. It's actively managed and has a 50 basis point management fee. I've been told that it can be worth it to pay for active management of the bond piece, but not so much the equity portion. Am I paying too much in fees? What do you guys think? Is there a better way to skin the 60-40 cat? Maybe 60% in VT and 40% in BND? Since I may never retire, I'm not keen on target deck funds as they get more conservative as time passes, And I'd like to lock in a 60-40 allocation. Thanks, and I love your podcast. Keep up the good work.
1: Thanks for listening. And let's start with the apples to apples comparison, because that's always the best. The apples to apples comparison would be the Fidelity balanced, actively managed, as you noted, against the Vanguard balanced index. The expenses on the Vanguard balanced index are seven one hundredths of one percent or seven basis points versus 50 basis points are half of 1% for Fidelity balanced. The Vanguard fund is like the Fidelity, it's all U.S., about 3,500 stocks to about 300 for Fidelity, so more diversification. About 12,000 bonds versus a couple of thousand at Fidelity, better diversification. However, the Fidelity fund has outperformed. Why? Nothing happens in a vacuum. The reason Fidelity is outperformed is because they take more risk. And it's a pretty substantial risk in terms of, or as measured by volatility, the standard deviation is substantially higher on the Fidelity Balanced Fund, plus you have a more more focused risky portfolio. So that being said, would we suggest Fidelity, or the Vanguard Balanced Index? No, because it's missing something. It's missing one of the most critical portions of a portfolio, and that is global exposure. You want to be in the danish market or the swedish market or the german market or the japanese market you want to have international exposure to your portfolio the economy is global like it or not that's what it is so vt and bnd would be a great mix what would be even more appealing but more difficult would be a combination of those two and a smidgen in a small cap value ETF like that at Vanguard or at Avantis. But if you just went VT and BND, you would have a far better diversified portfolio, literally thousands of stocks and many thousands of bonds. So in my opinion, that's the better way to go. I think Tom would agree with me. I think the VT BND is the simplest solution Uh, adding small cap value though, might make you very, very happy long-term. It will make you a little frightened along the way, but if you bear in mind that it has over time done quite well, kind of, plus it's not a big part of the portfolio. It kind of keeps that, that queasy feeling at bay. Thanks for, for your question. We really appreciate it. And, uh, let's go to the next one that came in from talkingrealmoney.com.
3: Hi, Don and Tom, Uh, this is Tom from New Hampshire. In honor of Don's European vacation, I have an international funds question. My current employer's 401k is with Fidelity. Uh, In that 401k, we have two choices for funds outside the US. First is American Fund's Euro Pacific Growth Fund, class R6, that's R-E-R-G-X symbol. We also have American Fund's New World Fund, class R6, That's R-N-W-G-X symbol. So the Euro Pacific Growth Fund is where I've put all my investments and contributions to date uh, for the international portion of my 401k. Most of my questions about the New World Fund, the New World Fund per Morningstar's category is diversified emerging markets. It has a slightly higher expense ratio than the other one. Its 5 years. performance is uh, about one and three-quarters percent better, 10-year performance about the same. But the New World Fund's top country, despite the category, is the USA, um, and Microsoft's the largest holding overall. And overall, it's like 69% domestic or foreign stock, 22% domestic stock. So I haven't been using it. So, how would I go about, or how would you go about determining how to allocate the international portion of 401k, given those two fund choices and the questions I had about the New World Fund? Thanks, and I really enjoy your podcast during my daily dog walk.
1: Well, pet those dogs for me, because I'm missing mine. Debbie and I are both missing our dogs. That's the one thing about taking a vacation. You miss your dogs. Uh, Okay, well, American Funds, gee, we don't talk about American Funds very often, because... They're actively managed because they're broker sold and generally commissioned. Um, and, well, in your case, there's no commission because they're the R6 funds, which are for retirement plans. However, they are expensive. Uh, about 50 basis points on the uh, Euro Pacific and the New World is uh, almost 60 basis points. And the New World is, and I've looked at this in the past too, even as far back as when I was a broker, which a very, very long time ago. That fund is weird. It's the best term I can come up with. It's like their rules are loose and fluid and well, maybe even non existent because despite the fact that they claim they're an emerging markets fund, you're right. One, Microsoft is their biggest holding, which makes flat out no sense for an emerging markets fund. Really? How is that an emerging markets fund? They have 388 stocks in the portfolio. Many, many match exactly with Euro-Pacific. Euro-Pacific's top holdings are uh, Novo Nordisk, Taiwan Semi, and at uh, the uh, Emerging Markets Fund, in air quotes, the, third and, uh, the second and third largest holdings are Novo Nordisk and Taiwan Semiconductor. Those aren't really emerging market stocks. Airbus is in there, not an emerging market. Eli Lilly, not an emerging market stock. So there's no purpose in a portfolio. It just doesn't have a place. If it was truly an emerging markets fund, yeah, you would get greater diversification. We suggest a properly allocated portfolio have large and small value and growth, international large and small, uh, international value and growth. Emerging, real estate, those kinds of things. But emerging is usually a very small portion of a portfolio anyway. So in this case, with that one being your choice, I'd skip it. And I would question the wisdom of the committee or the trustee or whomever it might be at your company who is making your investment decisions because they have either the committee or the individual have a very, very strong fiduciary responsibility. And it could be argued that by using the American funds at substantially higher expense ratios than something from uh, Vanguard or Fidelity and, and using active funds when the evidence stacks up pretty soundly against active could be violating their responsibility. And by the way, the new world fund also, it skews very large cap, very large cap and very growthy. but that's the same thing with the the American euro Pacific. It, it's very large cap and very growthy. You have almost no international value exposure or no more than the mar- less than the market probably provides. So if you could ever get out of these that would be great. Otherwise stick with euro Pacific, not my favorite, but it, it gets you it gets you overseas. Thanks for the question. Again, send yours in, call yours in, speak yours in at com. You can also type them there. You can also call us at 855-935-TALK. And here's today's next question. Hi, Tom and Don. This
4: is uh, Chris from Connecticut. I've been listening for about a year, and um, I really appreciate all your help. Um, I have a teacher's retirement account um, that I've accrued uh, a decent amount of money, and I'm no longer a teacher. Um so I, I'm getting these annual statements every year. I'm gaining about 4% interest. Um, so I believe it's an annuity. I contacted Fidelity to see if I can transfer it into um, an account that would not, uh, so I wouldn't have to pay dividends or, uh, or pay taxes on it. I'm sorry. Um, and they gave me two options, a traditional IRA or a rollover IRA. Uh, those are the two types of IRAs that I can transfer this account into. Uh, without penalty. Is there any advantages of either of these accounts? Or is there something that I'm missing? Um, I have currently a Roth IRA that I've been contributing to. Um, and that is my only and a 401k with work. So um, but the 401k with work, I pay higher fees than I do with Fidelity. So I wouldn't really want to put my money there if I had a choice. Um, Any information on this would be very helpful and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care.
1: Every time I hear about a teacher in an annuity in their 403B plan, I I get angry because the insurance company has just been ripping people off for decades, putting you in ridiculously expensive products that pay big commissions to the salespeople and do less for the participants. Of course, you're going to be better off at Fidelity. Now, why Fidelity said you have a choice between a rollover and a regular IRA is Beyond me, because really, you're just going to either roll it over into a regular IRA or directly transfer it into a regular IRA, and it's going to be a regular IRA going forward. So it's going to be a tax-deferred vehicle, whereas your Roth is a tax-free vehicle. But yes, moving it into, rolling it into a regular IRA is going to avoid the taxes. You won't pay taxes because it's coming from one tax-deferred vehicle to another. And so the two transfer one into the other very nicely. You're very wise not to... uh to go with your plan if it has higher expenses than your Fidelity accounts. So I would just move it over to a Fidelity IRA, use the the best Fidelity ETFs or, or any ETFs actually. With Fidelity in a brokerage account, you can use Vanguard ETFs, you can use Avantis ETFs, you can use State Street, you can use anyone's ETFs and build that properly diversified portfolio. U.S. international, growth value, small, large, some bonds as needed to eliminate some of the volatility or reduce some of the volatility. Uh, But that's going to be really easy to do. As a matter of fact, Fidelity can just do it for you. If you do a rollover, you actually take possession and then you give them a check. But just have them do it for you. Have Have them do a direct transfer. And it's so, so, so simple. And thank you so much for your question. And now my last one from vacation, because I'll be home for the next one.
5: Hi, Tom and Don. Really love the podcast. Thanks for all your help. This is BC from Virginia, and I have a question about my 401k that comes from a very nice problem to have. Here's a few facts. As I am in the live events industry, my income can vary wildly from week to week. However, my company's 401k is set up for a traditional standard salaried payroll of, you know, getting the same pay every week. My company matches 3% on a 6% contribution. As I always want to fully fund, I am over 50, so 30,000 for me this year. I make large percentage contributions at the beginning of the year, usually start at 25%, just to make sure I get as much money in as possible. And as this has been and will continue to be a pretty good year, I am nearing the maximum contribution. Like I said, good things, good problems to have. Here's the question Do I continue making my large percentage contributions to make sure to get my 30,000 in sooner? Or do I slow way down and make sure to keep getting the 3% from my employer as long as possible? Like I said, it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. Thanks for all you do. BC from Virginia, out.
1: Too much money is always better than not enough. So, good problem, as you said. (sighs) This one's a a, a dilemma because, and it's going to be one of those, well, depends on what the future does. Because generally speaking, it's better to have more money in earlier because markets tend to rise more than they fall. So you want to take advantage of that. If, for example, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, as a matter of fact, it's probably not going to happen. But let's say over the next six months, we get another 20% rise in the stock market and it all happens over the next month or two. Well, then getting it all in, now is probably better than getting it in more slowly however if the market remains flat for the rest of the year then getting that three percent match is a whole bunch of free money and as a percentage of the amount you're putting in the three percent match really is a nice return so i i'm a big fan of the bird in the hand theory and i think the bird in the hand in this case is the three percent match so don't lose the match which means you've got to sit down and do the math, calculate how much you can put in to still put as much as possible in early, but not miss out on the match in the future. So I hope that answer helps. It's the best I've got. Thank you all so much for listening. I really do appreciate you, Tom and I both do. And I appreciate you listening through all the, uh, all the confusion that was my vacation because as the sole editor of the show, Uh, It was really, really difficult to pull off on the ship because while they tell you the Internet is good enough to do certain things like download YouTube videos. I'm thinking, well, if I can download YouTube videos, I can certainly download small audio clips, which I couldn't. There was there was one small bit of audio that took six hours to download now. I, I grew up during the, the dial-up era, and uh, yeah, it's slow. so But now that I'm in a hotel, it's fast. And so uh, thank you for being a part of all this, for putting up with us. And please remember every, every Saturday to give us a call at 855-935-TALK. I am going this Saturday, the 5th of August, I am going to try to join Tom at 11 p.m. Copenhagen time, for the live edition of Talking Real Money. I am going to try. We are working on the technology to see if we can make it happen with him in his home studio and me in the Marriott in Copenhagen. So we'll see if we can make that work out. I've got a very good internet connection here. We hope we can because I have missed talking with you. And please keep listening. Tell your friends if you need some serious help, you want to spend a little time with an advisor, we are one of the few firms that will actually help people without charging them and without a high-pressure sales pitch. Because we believe that everybody, even those who will never be our clients, deserve quality, honest, fiduciary help, at least a little of it. Because it's so important. This this business is rife with both, well, confusion and outright, you know, I don't want to use the word scamming, but misleading. And it's not good for you in the long run. And you need as many defenses as you can against it. And we want to help you do that. So if you need help, go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the meet and Advisor button, and we will help you out. Tom even does it on Saturday morning. So Thank you again. Take good care of yourselves. I am now going to meet my wife for a bite of food, and then we're going to stroll over to Tivoli Gardens and see what one of the oldest amusement parks in the world looks like. Take care. I'm Don, sitting here in Copenhagen, talking real money.